Last week I was uh, having a conversation with some students in Corvallis, and we were talking about different religions, and the topic just went into how uh, some religions are very irrational, at least for them, that they don't make any sense. At least that was a conversation. One of them even shared, well, that's precisely the reason I became Catholic. So I was afraid, like, is this irrational? She said, no, well, actually, it's because I, it is so rational. It makes sense. We can understand our faith. But that got me thinking about the fact that for outsiders, even our Catholic faith may seem a little bit irrational. And that is what the world says. Because if you're an outsider, you hear us talking about revelation, maybe miracles, visions, and whatnot, and whoa, what is all of this, right? And then maybe, which is very common out there, they think that our faith is just an emotional reaction that could be explained by psychology, different ways. And so it is a, a big and widespread prejudice that the, the faith is it's not a rational thing, it's irrational. But at the same time, we have to, if we are honest, we have to realize that reason is not the final answer because reason has its limitations. And that is clear. But I would make a little um, note here, and that is the following. In our culture nowadays, it is also widespread, the idea that somehow we have to understand everything. Also, uh, almost as a right, like it has to make sense to me. And um, I have to be able to understand everything. Um, but that is not the case, because reason, as I say, has its limits. The, uh, the other day I came across a, a, um, an article I searched on the way, exactly how many galaxies are out there. Well, one of the answers was this. Current estimates suggest there may be as many as two trillion, that's trillion with a T, right? Galaxies in the observable universe. So they made me chuckle a little bit because the exact reply is an estimate guess. That's all you have? And, and then talking about two trillion, what is that? Tell me infinite, I don't know, it's, it's incredible. But so there are many things that we don't understand. We don't comprehend the universe. Not only outside, not only outside, in us. We don't even understand ourselves. If you're honest with yourself, sometimes we don't even ask a teenager. You know, they don't know who they are sometimes, right? We're at, sometimes lost when we look at ourselves. So reason has its limitations. It limits, at least. And here's where the Magi uh, come in. And it's very provocative, this story, because notice that they follow a star. They are astronomers. They notice, notice that it's rising on the east, and they follow it. They just follow a heavenly body to a place they don't know where it's leading them. But ultimately, notice that it leads them to a group of people that tells them about Scripture, the Word of God. So these are people who are 
sages. Most likely, scholars say nowadays that they were sages from either Persia or Babylon, from a caste, a priestly caste. And they, like in their time, they, they blended all the knowledge together. So they were interested in religion, in astronomy, in philosophy, in math, in everything at the same time. Um, but they just were seekers. They try to understand the world better, the nature of things, how things work, um, but not only practically, um, in a more comprehensive way. They were seekers of the truth, we may say. And the star, in this case, case stands for their science, what they could acquire by themselves, by observation, diligent study, and so on. This is a knowledge that is, maybe we can call it from the bottom up, for what we can gather from the information we have around us. And this is what the, the Bible even says about people being wise, being able to discern things in the world. The Book of Wisdom says the following, Foolish by nature were all who were in ignorance of God who from the good things seen did not succeed in knowing the one who is and from studying the works did not discern the artisan for from the greatness and the beauty of created things their original author by analogy is seen well these wise men were wise they were not this foolish uh, described by the, the book of wisdom but this is not all. So they, the start leads them, but takes them only so far in the beginning. They have to have the humility to ask other people. It's not that they figure it out all by themselves. They have to receive from the outside, from a community. They went to the king, and the king gathered the priests and gathered the scribes and asked them, Notice that it's a little bit of a Jewish magisterium, if you want, here. Like the teaching office, the official guys interpreting scripture at that time. And not only that, that leads them to scripture, to the word of God, to revelation, to something that comes not from the bottom up, from top down, if you want. Something given to us, knowledge presented by God to us. And the prophet that's where we have that prophecy. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, pointing out to the place where the Messiah was going to be born. And there's a continuity between one and the other. Because notice this, it's very subtle, but they say when they first speak up, where's the newborn king? We saw his star rising in the east. So it's his star. It's the star of the Christ. What we receive in nature comes from God too. It's his star. And it, now it leads them to his scriptures, to the word of God. So they're complementary. That is very provocative for today. And it helps us very much, I think, to be able to say that we trust totally in science, in discoveries, in intellectual pursuits. And that is the Catholic thing. <laughs> we are a rational religion in that sense. And more than that, 
the, the, the confidence that faith does not encroach, does not shrink, but expands what we know, our vision of reality, of the world, of the deep questions of life. St. John Paul II wrote a beautiful, beautiful encyclical on this topic. It's called Fides et Ratio, Faith and Reason. And he begins with a, just a wonderful quote. He says, Faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. Now imagine a bird with one wing. Goes nowhere, <laughs> right? It cannot rise itself to the contemplation of truth. So we have both of them. They work together. And the quote con continues. God has placed in the human heart a desire to know the truth. In a word, to know himself. So that by knowing and loving God, men and women may also come to the fullness of truth about themselves. So we were talking in the beginning how we don't know the world outside and we don't know ourselves. Well, that's why we need revelation. We need that complementary um, truth that comes from God because that's how we get to know the world better and ourselves better, both things. Einstein said, the more I study science, the more I believe in God. So a little bit of science might take you away from God. But if you go really deep in it, it leads you to him. And our tradition and the history just shows this over and over again. And you can, I invite you to go to a website, just Google Faith and Reason, Bishop Barron. He has a website with all the scientists that were nuns and priests and, and all that. But also, not only that, they inquire, they find the fullness of, faith, of truth in the faith, and they rest there now. They rest in the scriptures, and that leads them to Christ in the end. It's, no, it's worth noting that they don't follow the star anymore on their way, their way back. They follow a dream. Now it's God that is speaking to them. They don't need to be searching out, discerning things in the world. They have God himself speaking to them through dreams, like Joseph. Like a personal revelation now. Almost, we can say, like a personal encounter, right, to, with him. The one who listens to nature is lead, leads to revelation. If you pay attention to him in the world, that leads you to scriptures to the word of God they were humble they, they received that and then they rest in peace there so to speak a great example of this is also John Henry Newman which you heard us talk about this saying over and over again right but in his autobiography he wrote about this and his autobiography is the development of his religious ideas not only like telling the story of his life, but how he progressed, how he came to understand things better. And this is what he says towards the end of his life. From the time that I became a Catholic, of course, I have no further history of my religion 
religious opinions to narrate. In saying this, I do not mean to say that my mind has been idle or that I have given up thinking on theological subjects, but that I have had no variations to record and have had no anxiety of heart whatever. I have been in perfect peace and contentment. I never have had one doubt. I was not conscious to myself on my conversion of any change, intellectual or moral, brought in my mind. I was not conscious of firmer faith in the fundamental truth of revelation or of more self-command. I had not more fervor, but it was like coming into port after a rough sea. And my happiness on that score remains to this day without interruption. So he comes to port. He comes to this place of peace where he can rest. Not that he's not thinking anymore, but he can rest in Christ. And the last point is that the Magi need to subject to Christ. They bend their knees. They bend not only their knees, their whole lives, their intellects, their wills, and that's how they come to adore. When you search for the truth, you not only find ideas, you end up finding a person. Because he is the truth, he said so, I am the truth. And that is why if you honestly study, honestly seek the truth, you will end up on your knees like the Magi, adoring and doing homage.